Hey, thanks for signing up for the Public Data Podcast. Your host this week, myself, Lee, and... Reed. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. This is week two, baby. Uh, we got part two of our near Automata dis- discussion. Hell yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. But first, as always, let's talk about what we played this previous week. Reed, what you've been playing? Well, I uh, put down Anthem because, goddamn, you the- can experience all the content in that game within a few hours. And yep. I have, so... As I told you, would be the case. Yeah, I haven't even reached max level. Can you imagine being hyped for that game and, and paying seventy nine ninety nine for it? And you're so, playing the version of Anthem that has been out for a year. Yes. That has been patched. That has been... But I bought it for $10. Who cares? Yeah. Anyway. What I if s- I told you... You know how you can sprint when you're in the town? What no, if I told you that wasn't there? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you told me. <laughs> Look, we're already giving Anthem too yeah. much time. Uh, no, so yeah. besides that, I've been playing basically two things. So with my girlfriend, I've been playing uh, the Borderlands 3 DLC that came out in the November. Dilk. Yep. The Delk, uh, Moxie's <laughs> handsome robbery of something. So I was unaware they did, uh, I guess it, it stands to reason because they did a deluxe edition that came with a season pass, but yeah. I was unaware they did paid DLC for that game yet. Oh, they yeah. Have. Oh, yeah. of course they are. Um, so is that level cap increase coming also paid DLC? Uh, the level cap increase already came out and it was just three levels and it wasn't okay. paid DLC, it was just free. Sure. It was for a Valentine's event and it was just three levels, so it's... Like for, a menage a trois for the for the aspect of builds, it's absolutely huge. Those three points go yeah. into a lot of things. So, so I'm happy Final with Fantasy that. Eleven when they raise the, the only cap. thing I don't like about it is <laughs> it's since it's such a minuscule uh, level cap. I was hoping for something a little bit more substantial. I have like 150 legendaries that I was farming that are level 50 now, so they're not worthless, but they're definitely not ideal. And Can't I, you just get rid of them for some in-game currency or something? Yes, you is there can any reason sell, to hold yes, on to them? But like, I don't have the incentive to now go out and grind for level fifty-three legendaries because no. they're not going to be all that much better unless you're and, min-maxing. Yeah, and there's, there's someone who is. No, and I do min-max absolutely. I'm a very hardcore player. My builds are very catered to. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, my current build, my gunner is. I do about seventy-five percent extra critical hit damage, and oh, wow. I can. Sh- <laughs> And like uh, it's it's where it's hard to go into without knowing anything about Borderlands. Um, but yeah, the DLC was all right. It was twenty dollars. It was very short. I would say four hours. You can get definitely most of it done. There may be a side quest or two I haven't. Is it done. scaled for all levels, or is it strictly? Yes. Yeah, so well, the way Borderlands Three works is everything can be scaled to your level after you beat the game. You get this thing called Mayhem Mode, and it has four different levels increasing as you go higher. Um, but even if you just put on Mayhem 1, which is the lowest thing, everything in the game will be scaled to your level regardless. Okay. So that's how it works. Um, yeah, the DLC, though, was all right. Like I said, four hours, pretty quick. The side missions were fun and funny sometimes. Uh, the new guns are pretty cool. The environments are very bland. It's in a like a spaceship casino, but since you're just in a constant casino, everything looks very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, you fight 90% robots, which I would have liked a little bit more. 10% um, what? Like humans. Okay. <laughs> um, I would have liked a little bit more, or bugs, I guess. But I would have liked a little more variety in that. Um, I My build is so catered to incendiary damage. Um, it's no good on this casino spaceship. It's no good against these robots. So, I don't know. I don't think it's worth the $20 just because there's little content, no raid boss. So you didn't pay for the season pass. No. So you're you're buying it piecemeal. So yeah. you're at a deficit here. Yeah, whatever. P- potentially. Um, besides that, I am playing by myself another rousing round of Devil May Cry 5. Which sure. is a fantastic video game, as everybody probably knows by now. Um, yeah, it's just great. Yeah, good it's- game. It's a fantastic game. video game. Good game. Yeah. Uh, I have not played it yet. I have it on Game Pass. So really? You haven't played it? I've not played it. No, you definitely have to. Dante, once you do get access to him, is probably the most complicated, intricate 
action character I've ever played. Sure. He has four styles, um, and two of those styles change how weapons work. And then you have, like, eight weapons. So they give you, like, endgame Dante without you working up to the yes, point where you, Yes, they're like, just, yeah. like, here's a million... No, you do, like, start out only with, like, two guns, two weapons, but you still have all uh, the styles. Ebony, and then, Ivory, and Rebellion. Yes, Ebony, Ever, uh, Ebony Ivory, <laughs> Rebellion. Then you also get uh, Ifrit, um, which is the gauntlets and yeah. the boots. And then you also get the shotgun. In the original Devil May Cry, you fight a spider to get those. Yes. Um, so... <laughs> Man, you can, like, once you do get access to Dante's full kit with his upgraded sword um, and everything else with his new uh, uh, devil trigger mode, it's absolutely insane. Just crank that soundtrack this up. Shit. Yes, yeah. and I do crank that shit up. Unironically. Unironically. Yeah. Take fun. your shirt off. Yes. Standing. It's so intense. You do, I just went to the void yesterday and uh, just put on four different guns, four different weapons. I went absolutely ham with it, and I was just trying to get triple S ranks. It went absolutely crazy. It was, it's so fun when you see do pull off those intricate combos. You go into Devil Sword Dante, you use Sword a Master to bring out your four red swords. Go into Devil Trigger mode. There it is. Beat them up. Pro tips. It's uh, it's hard to go into. Did you play like Devil May Cry four? Or no, 3? this is the okay. only Devil May Cry I've ever played, and I picked it up because it was on sale on the PSN store one time, and I was like, yeah, why not? And I ended up absolutely loving it. I think it's great. It's goofy and cheesy and edgy in all the right anime ways I enjoy. <laughs> Virgil is absolutely hilarious as a character. And, like, like unintentionally, he's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, man. They're uh, they're all pretty much worth playing, except maybe two. two. And no, one has aged weirdly. Two is not good, uh, from one, what I know. One thought it was a different game than it ended up being. Uh, well, it was, it but, was the original Resident Evil 4. Or and something then like there, that. Until yeah. Capcom was like, man, this is fucking weird. Yeah, this got a little too different. Yeah, let's uh, just make this its own game. Yeah, and then meanwhile, look what happened to Resident Evil after 4. Yes. Uh, Chris! Uh, we got... Chris! Uh, I would recommend playing the other. Like, f- 3 especially is kind of oh, it was a prequel too so you get to play as like no i'm young very Dante. familiar with the lore yeah. of the series and everything yes three by all accounts is one of the best games good ever shit made. yeah uh, that's coming out on switch this week i think you can go there's a co-op mode on it oh my god yeah. you can play as virgil you can play and dante you can always play as virgil i think but um this way you can play as virgil and dante at the same time with hey friend. there was that remake by ninja theory or whatever the dmc don't sleep on that that's an okay game too uh what did I play? I played a ton of shit this weekend, but weird stuff that you're not expecting you to say. You always play a lot of things without uh, finishing it. <laughs> yeah, so I had a buddy come over, and uh, we got some co-op gaming in. You ever play games with someone else? Yes, I All do. Right. Uh, so we played Red Dead Redemption online. Uh, of course, classic. I go to boot it up, and it's like, well, there's a gig and a half download, buddy. I didn't know what you no, think yeah, you were going to do. Me and my girlfriend play Red Dead 2 online together all the time. Too bad uh, there's nothing to fucking do in that. D- so you've you've gotten the bounty hunter and the collector and the the trader missions or whatever. Yeah. Okay, that's about all there's to do. But he's so he the guy I'm playing with, my buddy Trev, uh, longtime fans of the podcast know who I'm talking about. He's like level 143 or something. Woo! Uh, and he's kind of like, he's like, well, this is where you start these missions. And I'm like, what? Just like GTA Online, booting anything, getting into anything, doing anything in these online modes seems so overly complicated. Yes. Uh, which is strange because the single player games are never like that. Like, it's very clear in Red Dead Redemption 2 single player or GTA 5. You got blips on the map. Go here to start a mission. Go here to do activities. The online modes never seem to have any of that. It's like weirdly convoluted in how you it's, do I would, missions. I wouldn't say it's convoluted, but it's ridiculous that they're like, go here to start this mission. Or yeah. if you're a sane person, you can just press left on the D-pad and, and go to missions and, and then select like, the mission and start it. So you have fast travel. 
And then you have your camp. If you're later in the game, you have fast travel from your camp, which is a fucking godsend. But if you don't, guess what? You're getting on a horse and riding a horse again, which was my biggest problem with the campaign at a certain point. I feel like sometimes we have to break down Red Dead 2 like we have with Nier Automata because most people, I'd say 95%, revere it as one of the best games that are made and then you have you and me who think, <laughs> it's like, like, it's a good game. It's but definitely one of the biggest games yeah, ever Yeah, it's made. one of the biggest games, but I think it's too much of a good thing. No, uh, brevity is the soul of wit. Is that what it is? Like, just like, hey, if you make this game long enough, then I guess it has to be the greatest of all time because it has the most game. No, I, I, uh, I wouldn't even say that. And you shoot that, guns. Because the story, there's... the characters, the voice acting, the graphics, the gameplay are all... Fucking awesome. If you play that game for 80 hours, you're dying of tuberculosis for 36 of it, and you're riding a horse for the other f- yes. 44. And that's a so. big part of it is, like, <laughs> goddamn, riding your horse is fun for the first 20 hours, they, and then mashing X so, just to get back to your camp to start the next mission for another 40 is bullshit. They updated the online mode. It's faster now. I don't know if you've experienced this. They've made movement speed almost akin to what it is in GTA, so sprinting and being on a horse is actually faster than ever. Oh, uh, is it? Just the move, like the movement, like even simply moving side to side. When you're Arthur Morgan, Jesus Christ, like turning a tank around. I know. Uh, in the I online know. mode now, it is much more responsive. I will give it that. And the missions, when we got to play them, were fun. We tied a guy up. We were going to uh, drag him through the fire with a lasso. He got free and pulled a gun on me, so I stabbed him 48 times. That's uh, and that's when Red Dead Two is at its best. Is, is not is the emergent stories. Yeah, it's yeah. not even. I wouldn't even say the stories. It's just doing fun, dumb shit. Like you yeah. go into town, some guy says some off word to you, so you lasso him, putting him on top of your horse, bring him to train tracks, yeah. drop him on train. Which tracks. is something that existed in the first Red Dead Two, but I felt a lot less in Red Dead One that I needed to make my own. Fun. Yeah. Whereas in Red Dead 2, you're like, I need to make my own fun, or yes. the monotonousness and the dreariness of this story and world will just make me not want to play it. Yeah. I I beat like I I saw final credits on Red Dead 2, which you thought would never be the case, uh, but I I got I yeah got there, no. Buddy. There's a few of us that got to that point and yeah. even did the prologue with John and everything. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah, was, there's just there's so much to digest in that uh, game. It's crazy. One of the biggest criticisms people had of the first game is when you finally get reunited with your family and you're doing all those tutorial missions with Jack where you're showing him how to hunt and how to do things with cattle that you did 36 hours ago in that game. People are like, the pacing of this game is... I understand what they were going for, that now you're living this family life and then you get gunned down and you're in your own barn, right? Yeah. But uh, that the pacing of it was just like, okay, I, I get it. And then to double down on it in Red Dead 2, we're like, no, 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 we're going to do it yeah. again for but 10 hours. Not just that. In the middle of the game, when you're still in the middle of the story, we're going to throw in this whole, like, Cuban island bullshit that is <laughs> not going to matter later down the road. And all it is is fucking padding to the story because we have to make it epic and long. Yeah. We're going to switch into an Uncharted game for the next five yeah, hours. Yeah, and it hurt the game so much. That was supposed to be, like, the Mexico segment. Yeah, and I didn't. The whole story of Red Dead Two was it's Red Dead One, but we stretched every single. The game peaked when you were duping those two families that were feuding over, like the farm or something. Yeah, and then as soon as that ended, the game just that firefight when you approach that mansion and you you murder everybody was like. Oh boy! Yeah, this is this the, is the this, this is the peak is of the game. Too. This is where Dutch has lost it. Everything after this, and is, then it takes a fucking nosedive because yeah. now you're doing hot air balloon missions and you're going to Guarma and you're constantly trying to yell to Dutch that uh, Micah's a huge piece of shit. And Dutch, he, I don't know about this Micah. I think he's been lying to us. Oh, John, just you got fucking to- leave. <laughs> 
No, he couldn't. He, he's thinking about all the other people there, including John Marston. Um, yeah, sure but John Marston's a killer. There's, for there's only a point where a sane person could tell people to leave so much, and then just be like, you know what? There's there's no telling these people now. Yeah. So obviously, uh, we have torn at a wound here, and that Red Dead Redemption <laughs> Two needs to be a, a bigger discussion at yes. some point. Yes, it does. Uh, but the online mode, we had fun with it, but there was a lot of horse riding, and then eventually we got bored of that, and we moved on to EDF. Five. This Earth is a game force. It, that is only released digitally, and you have to take out another mortgage on your house if you want to buy this thing, because it is $79.99, available digitally only. My buddy, it went on sale for like half off, and he jumped on it, uh, and it's fantastic. So they, if you had never played an EDF game before, Earth Defense Force, it is a game where you are an infantry unit fighting giant insects, robots, aliens, uh, in like a Japanese city setting. Uh, there's there's different the different games have different things in this one there are four different classes which I think have been around for the last three games or something you have your ranger you have your wing diver uh, you have like a fencer which is like a shield unit and then there was another one that I cannot remember uh, but he was later in the game so I jumped in I've played EDF before and I kind of know it's it's strafing the game choose yeah. your weapons figure out how they work I wanted to play a wing diver though and it's funny we should be talking about Anthem because you're like well the flying is fun the flying is fun in EDF five he plays a wing diver and you can access parts of the map. That other people can't. So you can like fly on top of buildings and like get a lot of speed going. And a lot of their uh, weapons are based on striking and, re- and retreating. So you'll have like a plasma weapon that shoots very short range. But the idea is that you zip into something's face, fire this thing off, and tear into shreds, and then get the hell out of there. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and he had not played his wing diver before, so it didn't have any weapons or upgrades. So I was playing like late game as this like piece of shit uh, character, but. A lot of fun. They have finally found a way that that game isn't entirely broken. The whole joke of EDF is the frame rate will never keep up with what's happening. They put so much crap on the screen (laughs) that the performance just... So at a certain point here, they were just like, let's just make it look okay and focus on the frame rate above all else. And the game performance is the best playing EDF experience I've had. We were playing split screen too, so like we were seeing twice as much stuff. I had a lot of fun with EDF uh, 5. And uh, would love to buy it if it wasn't $80. That is criminal for that game. Yes, I have not uh, played EDF ever, so... They're yeah, You've never played one? No. Nope. Oh, buddy. They're it's, a lot. They're it's a lot. not my kind of game, but... Uh, so the, the joke in that game is, like, the loot is after you finish a mission, you have a list of, like, 47 weapons you've, you've unlocked... Uh, and then it's really just going in and being like, what does this one do? And then it has, like, a breakdown of the stats. Like, here's the radius and the range. And, like, here's this gun. Here's 80 different kinds of machine guns. Uh, it's a lot of fun. If you like that kind of game, uh, EDF 5 might be for you. I cannot recommend it at that price, though. That's no, fucking, that's, that's a little fucking bit highway crazy. robbery. Yeah. Uh, also, while we were waiting for Red Dead Online to install, I got down to playing some Rage 2, which is on Game Pass. Rage 2. Rage 2. Andrew WK's Rage 2. This is a game that has no identity. It doesn't know what it is. Uh, it is If you played Rage 1, it's post-apocalyptic. That game was very much just Mad Max. Here we have a game that wants to be Borderlands, but also still is set in the world of the Mad Max. Uh, so a lot of weird digital fragmenting effects. Uh, a lot of color that is completely out of place. The one thing I will say about this game, though, is it plays very well. Uh, as a shooter, um, it seemed very tight. Uh, didn't have like the id software doom thing where the frame rate was such where I'm getting sick while playing it. The guns felt good. Uh, no real complaints about the gameplay. If you want a mindless first person shooter, you could do worse than Rage Two. Yeah, it just looks but like by a- God, that game have it, it's it's nothing. It's vanilla ice cream. Yeah, it looks like a Far Cry game to me, and I think yeah. Far Cries are boring as fuck. Uh, you know, Far Cry is another game where you make your own fun. Far Cry is like you have the emergent stories of how did you do this mission. 
you know, I some things that happened to me in Far Cry 5 are the coolest things in an action FPS I've ever done. But that's that's 1% compared to the 99% of driving around, wandering around, being eaten by a bear. Yeah. Kind of shit. Uh, Rage 2, of course, like every game now, has a forced open world mechanic. So it's just like at a certain point after I finished the tutorial mission, let's say, it was like, hey, get in this truck. Open world. It's like, but... Why? Why? It, not every, every game, game needs an open need world. This. And Rage 2 might be the biggest example of Or, like, uh, Gears 5 apparently had an open world segment near the end. It's like, man, just make good narrated experiences. Put me in a level and go point A to point Del B. Devil May Cry 5 and yeah. Resident Evil 2 remake. Two notable yeah. examples of recent... You're in an environment that's... that's I don't need... Uh, endless ten kilometers, square kilometers of of desert. Yeah, because there's nothing in there to, to make do. the game seem bigger. It's unnecessary. And yeah. Rage Two, uh, which I feel like going back and playing a little because the shooting was fun and the guns felt good. Yeah. Um, and you do get abilities like you can force push people against the wall and dash and do dumb shit like that. So Rage Two, the thing I've been playing most, however, I'm sad to say, but not. Uh, is Fantasy Star Online 1 for the GameCube. Oh, I thought uh, you were going to go into your Pokemon Home tangent. Oh, no, that's coming up. Uh, so, <laughs> there's nothing to play there, though. Uh, so, <laughs> PSO 1, a, a game near and dear to my heart. I have the Wii set up because we're playing GameCube Animal Crossing right now to build hype for for New Horizons. Oh, build hype. We're building hype in the in the house. The hu- house is hyped. <laughs> uh, so, we started a new town in Animal Crossing, and we've been uh, trying to see if we can pay off our houses in like a month. Uh, and I've been tasked by Torvald. Oh, is, is that the Dark Souls of Animal Crossing challenges? Uh, I don't think it's possible. Uh, you'd have to play so much Animal Crossing to the point of it not being fun. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, so far, so good. It's been a fun time. Uh, and nostalgic as hell. That, that first Animal Crossing game is one of my favorite games of all time. But popped in PSO1, also one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, made a force, basically made the Glass Cannon character the most complicated character to play as, most difficult to play solo uh, would be the the Newman Force character. So you have the most magic potential and the most damage output, but you have the least defense uh, and HP. So playing alone, uh, it's 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 crazy how much I remember about that game, though, uh, and how much fun it is, and having a great time with it. Um, I always I laughed, and if you haven't played PSO One, this might not mean anything to you. But you have these different zones you unlock. So you start in the forest. You have a list of objectives to do in the forest and then clear the level. Then you have a cave. Yep. Uh, and the difficulty jump between the forest and the cave is is pretty pretty radical. Uh, like, you, you get um, one-shotted by most anything in this cave. And the first mission you're assigned with is to go basically to the last area of the cave, which is, like, kind of a joke. Like, and the, uh, the thing you're trying to do is three baker women from the ship have gone missing. And they were not allowed to make a cake shop. So they set up a cake shop in the furthest tunnel of this cave, and you have to go get them a cake for the person who asked for it. And after this harrowing battle through all these alligators and mantises and poison lilies, and you're just, you're on your last leg, you're like, holy shit, it took me an hour and 15 minutes, and I knew what I was doing, this mission. (laughs) And you come across them, and they just have a cake shop. And you're like, hey, would you like to buy a cake? And you're like, one, please. You go back to the ship, and you're like, here's your cake. And she's like, thanks, get your reward at the counter. In, like, the cake. fantastic. Like, in the... (laughs) Is it like Dot Hack, where it's it's a game within a game? Uh, how do you mean? Like Dot Hack, you play as a character playing an MMO. No. Uh, so the story in Fantasy Star Online is uh, Earth's fucked. Um, we found a suitable okay. planet. I don't care. Yeah. I shouldn't say I don't care about yeah. this story. But uh, as long as I know it's not one of those meta. No, you I'm, are a, you are a person. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they have found a suitable replacement for Earth called Regal. And uh, they send the Pioneer 1 ship out there, and everything is good, hunky-dory, baby, we got Earth 2. So they send Pioneer 2 with a bunch of refugees, 
And as they get to Earth, there is an explosion and everyone is killed. On, no, on the Pioneer One. On, uh, so you're basically a hunter, a bounty hunter, whatever you want to call yourself. Uh, and you're trying to uncover the mysteries of what happened uh, to the people on the Pioneer One. Mm. And surprise, it's aliens! Uh, other than that, that's kind of all I played this week. Uh, and then let's talk quickly about Pokemon Home. They released the app on the iPhone. We talked about Pokemon Home last week. You barely dipped your toe in it, but somehow it still cost you $3. I used uh, coins. It didn't cost me nothing. Hey, you could use those coins towards another game. That's money. That's money lost, as far as They're I'm concerned. They're worth $3, though. So. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so they released the phone app, which was on Android. Now it's on iPhone, and it sucks. Let that doesn't surprise me at all. Nintendo's so, online sucks ass. The Switch component of this allows you to deposit Pokemon, look at your Pokedex, interact with Sword and the Let's Go game, Sword Shield and the Let's Go games. Yes. Import from your bank. Yes. And then you get points that you can import into your into your game, and then you have like a task list. Sure. The app version has the trade, the GTS, the Wonder Box, uh, all these different things. First, I will say, if you are importing from bank, the phone app doesn't know what to do with that information. So it has all the boxes you've imported from bank with the Pokemon that might still be present from them, then the boxes you've assigned from the Switch game. Meaning, because you can't manually organize or delete those old boxes, using the phone app to organize your Pokemon is a waste of time. It's awful. The GTS sucks. Oh. Uh, so when you're a premium member, you can hold up to three Pokemon in there. And when you were playing the 3DS game, if you asked for a Pokemon on GTS offering anything, asking for anything, you got it within a day. Yeah. I don't think that's. I think that's really fair to say. No, that, that's absolutely uh, fair. If I'm looking for a starter Pokemon and I offer a Rattata, shit, someone out there is going to trade me, be they from another country because they want a Canadian version of that. Whatever the case, I've had Pokemon offered for nearly a week now. I have not traded one. Really? And two of the Pokemon I'm offering are Ditto, and one of those Dittos is up for an Ekans. And no one will trade me an Ekans for a Ditto. Really? Meanwhile, in, in Ultra Moon, Ultra Sun, ap- dude, within an hour, you would have that, that trade Well, completed. I think the problem is most people right now are playing Sword and Shield, and of those most people, I'd say most of them aren't using Home or Bank or right. anything. So of the six, I would... 16 million people playing Pokemon Sword and Shield, how many... Pokemon Home is the being the elite of Pokemon games. No, how many? (laughs) Like how many people are actually using Home, and then further, how many of those people are actually using the paying for it? Yeah, Yeah. I wouldn't say a lot. I would say maybe I would say ten thousand. So you have now gated this thing that used to be that was for a long time for ten years now uh, a staple of a Pokemon game. Just the GTS, it's there. Uh, So well, let's let's get around that. Maybe you can. I can add you as a friend. We can go on our phones. Uh, you know, hey man, you got this? Yeah, yeah. No, Only- it would be far too normal for Nintendo just to have a friend-to-friend contact and trading system. Right. So we can become friends on home. If we want to trade on home, we need to be in the same proximity of each other. That's we cannot so- trade online. Like, since the dawn of online gaming, like Xbox 360, you have a friends list. You can message your friend. You can right. invite them to games. Not with Nintendo. No. You need a code. It's absolutely... You urine sample. Yeah. Uh, so I would say the app, the things they promised, obviously it can get better. Obviously they can put these things in the Switch game. It's fucking insane that if me and you wanted to trade online and something was in home, you would have to take it out of home and put it into Sword, and then me and you would have to boot up Sword to trade. And then we can't even invite to our, to each other to a trade. I have to text you outside of the game right. saying our link trade code is I, I cannot, 3385. And, and now there's an online service we're paying for with Nintendo, mind yes. you. So it's not even like it's free. No, that used to be the it's, excuse. It's 
fucking mind blowing that <laughs> you can't just go into Sword and Shield, click invite friend to trade yeah. Lee, and then you get a notification on your on your Switch yeah. saying we, jo- wants we to join trade. a room. Yeah. yeah, that's all you have to do. It's fucking... even if there was like a area in the game you had to go to, like it used to be Pokemon centers to trade. You go into a Pokemon center, and therefore, hey, yeah. talk to a lady. It's ridiculous. Beyond that, it's ridiculous. I can't just go into Sword and Shield and hit a button that goes matchmaking into random raid. Just yeah, let me do no. that. No, I can't. <laughs> I have to constantly disconnect and, and connect to the internet to refresh my stamps to hopefully find a raid I'm interested so, in. Then there's the Wonder Box, which is just surprise trade, but up to 10 Pokemon at a time. So you can just dump your unwanted whatever's in there, your reject breed Pokemon, and eventually they'll get traded for something. And if something pops up that you like and you want to keep it, fucking go with God. Uh, fucking insane that the trading is like that. That you have the. I have 1,000 Pokemon. In Pokemon Home right it's, now. It's like Nintendo is discovering online services for the first time. Even in a game like... But, but it's that's that used to be the excuse 10 years ago. Now yeah, it's like it, even when Brawl a, sucked. When the net code for Brawl sucked and yeah. it just didn't work online. Even in a game like fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist. I yeah. can't just invite you to a game. No. Like, the UI, the out-of-game UI is, is meaningless. It does nothing. Yeah. There's no point in a friends There's list. There's no point in There's even no having you on a friends, in a friends list. list. Yeah. I can see you've played 30 hours of Yu-Gi-Oh. That's yeah, all I can do. sweet. Like, man, you're playing too much Yu-Gi-Oh. Hey, do you want to play a game together? Yeah. We have to talk on the phone or text. Yeah, and then get uh, a fucking link code together so we can hopefully join the same room. Yeah, so Pokemon Home for me right now, other than what it literally is, which is an update of Bank that's worse, harder to access, harder to organize your Pokemon in, and the phone app further complicates things... And the promised features that you would assume just work like they did in the old games don't. And no one is using it. So the usefulness of having three Pokemon up in the GTS at once is is completely unnecessary. I've had three Pokemon up, like I said, for a week. And no one's trading me. And they're not even for rare Pokemon. The other thing is, everybody, if you go into the search... So you can search up any Pokemon. If I want to like go look at Ekans, I found 23 Ekanses that are being offered. Sure, all asking for legendary Pokemon. Yeah. And if you look at the stats, because they're like weird stock ticker, it's like the only thing being traded is legendaries for other legendaries. So people are just completing their Pokedex yeah. uh, in Sword and Shield, and that's it. Whereas I felt before, you unlock the GTS early in the game. I missed this Pokemon, or this Pokemon's from the other version. I'm going to ask for it quick and offer literally anything. Someone's going to trade me. Yeah. And that made Pokemon fun. Yeah, they effectively I, made Pokemon at the least amount of fun the, they could. The, the height of my enjoyment with Pokemon was an Ultra, ultra sword, um, Sun and Moon, sorry, Ultra Sun and Moon, um, when I was first getting to competitive, and I was like, man, I've always wanted to use, like, an Excadrill on my team. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to get an Excadrill now. And then I did, and then I made one, and I was like, this is fucking great. Now I can do this with any Pokemon I want. And yeah. the sky was the limit, because there were so many to choose from. I could do whatever I want. There's still work to be put in. Why they would take the GTS out of the base game, obviously, well, we know why, because they want to charge for it, but um, get better, Nintendo. That that GTS stuff almost needs to be integrated into the games themselves. It's fucking amateur Uh, hour. It's, yeah. And then if you trade any Pokemon that has a move that isn't from uh, Sword and Shield, which I have a lot of, because I'm I'm transferring from, like, Pokemon Red version from the eShop... Uh, it'll be replaced with a move called Lucky Chant that has 30 PP and does nothing. And the description for the move just says you should delete this because it doesn't do anything. Um, the only bummer is then if you take that Pokemon out of your game and put it back into the home, it keeps that move. Mm. Uh, not that you could send your Pokemon back to yeah, a non-Switch can. game anyways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, your moves will be replaced with Lucky Chant. Yep. Uh, so you should make a, a Magikarp. Uh, with four lucky chance and going competitive. Yeah, sure. Animal Crossing Nintendo Direct coming tomorrow at 8 a.m. Uh, read where you at with Animal Crossing. Not I've your, not your never bag. Never played. Don't give a shit. Not your bag of tea. No. Not a Harvest Moon guy. Don't care. 
Well, I'm very excited. You know what else I'm excited for? Cookie Mama's back, baby. I also don't care. Cookie Mama Cookstar will turn you into the Instagram chef you always dreamed you could be for the I Nintendo Switch. I never wanted to be an Instagram chef. Damn. I don't even have Instagram. If you're not swinging a sword or doing anime shit, Reed is not interested in your game. Anyways, no. Cookie Mama... Oh, excuse me for liking plots and narratives and characters. There now exists more Cookie Mama games uh, than Devil May Cry games, because they just went fucking hog wild with that shit. Uh, but good to see Cookie Mama's back as Majesco owned the property, and uh, they went under hard uh, a few years ago, so... Uh, the Witcher 3 gets a huge update on the Switch. Uh, it now has PC cross-save, which might be the, actually the coolest feature they've added. Uh, they sharpened up the graphics. They tightened the graphics on level 3. Uh, and they uh, improved the, the color of the game. Uh, but being able to then play the game on Steam and then take it portably on a Switch is fantastic. Yeah. There are, of course, a lot of uh, solutions coming out for this. A lot of portable PC streaming devices coming out, uh, such as we saw at CES. Yeah, I'm sure there's a uh, lot of people out there, like a guy who works with us named Graham, who have 20 or 30 hours in the PC version, but they just don't have the time to always yeah. go onto their PC. So. Unfortunately, this does mean you do have to rebuy it on the Switch, where it is still $79.99. When it's a company like CD Projekt Red, who have built up so much goodwill with their fan base and have made such a good game with so much content for such little money, I think... I, I don't have a problem sp- buying an extra copy in that case because, god damn it, you guys earned it. Sure. Yeah, and it's been long enough, right? Like, that is a solution that is free. It's a free update. And Man, we're going to run out of time to talk about Nier here. Never. <laughs> this will take four episodes if it needs to. Hey, if it fucking needs to, is the, is needs the, to. Is the key point yeah. there. Because we're going to go fast. We're going to go fast. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, uh, which neither of us have seen. No. Andrew from Salt and Flam has watched it, and he thought it was really good, but he also liked Detective Pikachu, so I'm suspect about I what he says. I haven't Detective uh, Pikachu either. You, you should watch Detective Pikachu. I don't give a shit, though. Why? But, like, you know, watch it under the right frame of mind with a friend and just make fun of it the whole time, uh, because it is... Uh, it's bad. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's actually bad. The only thing that saves it is the Pokemon. Like, the fact that there are 3D Pokemon yeah, fighting. Yeah, sure. Sonic the Hedgehog is the biggest opening weekend of any video game movie ever. 57 million in U.S. box offices. Uh, apparently 70 million take for the whole weekend. That's huge. Uh, movie is reviewing relatively well. People like it. Kids going fucking ape shit for this movie. As sure. well they should. Uh, can you imagine if they never changed that Sonic? Can you imagine if they kept the old Sonic? What the story would have been here? That the, oh. the success of this movie hinges on the fact that, hey, that's okay to look at versus the fucking monster <laughs> that they rolled out the first time. Um... I'm looking forward to seeing that movie very shortly, but it's been a busy week uh, with a convention to attend this weekend, so Sonic is put on hold, but I'll be there, baby. Uh, Bidding has begun on the Nintendo PlayStation. This started last week. Uh, This is the prototype PlayStation that came uh, at the tail end of the Super Nintendo era. Sony and Nintendo in bed together were going to make a disc-based system. Nintendo ultimately decided to go back with card cart-based media. Sony was like, mm, I guess we'll just release it ourselves as the PlayStation, and the rest is kind of history. Yeah. Um, so a prototype, a working prototype with game of this has been put up for auction, and it's uh, started in five digits. It's apparently upwards of 300,000 plus now. Someone is going to pay for this thing. But it's a piece of gaming history, I guess. It's Nintendo okay. and Sony's baby. Okay. Here it is. Uh, yeah, hopefully it gets donated back to a museum, and it just becomes a cool anecdote uh, in time. Boop. Uh, report, Sony struggling with the PS5 cost price point uncertain. Apparently, uh, Bloomberg is re- reporting that this system costs $450 US to make. Jesus Christ. Uh, so in terms of what they will charge for it... 700 I, Yeah, they're $599.99 US dollars. Uh, it's up in the air. Oh, it absolutely has to. They're not going to make 50 bucks on it, fuck. Uh, well, no. 
and that would make it at least five ninety nine ninety nine in Canada, which is the same price as the Xbox One X. Regular price here, which has not been offered at that for a long time. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Sony, tight-lipped, not saying shit about the PS5. All we get is these little news stories that keep coming out being like, hey, uh, here's some information about the PS5. Nothing in a video or in writing from Sony themselves. Just these little tidbits of information throughout. Uh, and the price point, of course, they're waiting to see what Xbox does. And they'll probably take a loss on the console to match it. That's how hardware works. So, here we are. Reed, it's time. Time. Let's get back into Nier. Nier, baby. Nier Automata. Uh, so something we didn't talk about last time. We talked about the music, but we didn't really talk about Nier's abilities, the gameplay itself, what yeah. you're doing in this game. Well, it's a shame because it's very good aspects of the game, but yeah. it's it's unfortunate. It's overshadowed it's, by Yeah, everything I should else. say it's yeah. unfortunate, but it's overshadowed by the absolutely balls-to-the-wall music yeah. and uh, so you have characters. You have what is essentially an AP system. You have a certain amount of ability points represented in this game by a chip. Yes, and uh, there's some meta thing going on because yes. it's chips you're installing into 2B or 9S or 8 2 whoever you're playing. Oh, spoilers, dude. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. He's on the fucking cover. So <laughs> the different chips you get have different uh, are different sizes, and you have basically what is a, a rectangle on the screen uh, that you can slot these chips into. Yeah. And they do anything from they heal you every time you kill an enemy to... Uh, better dodging ship everything faster uh, you're invis- invincible after a dodge you yeah. can jump higher you can like anything you can more think more damage of. Uh, uh, the thing I loved to stack the most was increased running speed because one of my oh, yeah. favorite things is just zooming if you dash and then you hold it you start running and yeah. they do some fucking anime running right yeah so Tom if you Cruise. increase yeah if you increase the speed your character just sonics out zipping. there zipping uh, <laughs> mine was all about um, health regeneration uh so like I was con- as long as I was killing enemies, I was invincible. I yeah. I, could, I I would heal all the way. Yeah. Uh, but there are fun little uh, in jokes in the game. Like you have basically like a system thirty two file on your chipset, and if you remove it from two B, the game ends. Yeah, you get, you uh, get an extra ending yeah. because you took out. So there are twenty one joke endings in Nier Automata that range from uh, literally one side quest is like, hey, we want to see what happens when an android eats this fish. And you're like, well, I'll eat the fish, and you die, and it's game over. Yeah, <laughs> it's like or like, like that. the very first uh, level, the very first open, you jump off the side of the edge. It just yeah. goes to be left, never came back. The end. Yeah, the end. There's you're your like, end. Great. <laughs> uh, so the game has a sense of humor about itself, but also keeping with the the themes of the game. Yeah, uh, and uh, much akin to Devil May Cry, like we're talking about earlier, it is also a hack and slash action adventure. Yeah, character action game. Character action game with RPG elements. You have Um, your light attacks, you have your heavy attacks. Uh, 2B uses two weapons, uh, a light weapon and then a heavy weapon, which range from like great swords to spears to what have you. Oh, you can Uh, equip any. Oh, right, you can equip any in any slot, but the heavier weapons. So you have gauntlets, you have spears, you have great swords, you have light swords, katanas. um, And and they're all good. There's there's no like standout. Yeah, Yeah, they're all fun and satisfying to use. I'm a big fan of the gauntlets myself i think they're really goofy and fun just punching shit in the face uh 9s uh at a little bit of a deficit during combat as he only has one weapon slot and it's for light weapons yes but he has the extra gimmick of hacking so you hack into an enemy who doesn't have shields up i believe right um and you go into their database essentially where you do a quick bullet storm a bullet hell a a bullet hell yeah you're like a little node yeah and and you're shooting it if you destroy their core essentially they glitch out they stun and there are some boss fights with that mechanic in them later where it gets quite difficult like it actually gets pretty involved anyways yeah that's that character action game uh chips for abilities it's very Uh, fun very fluid there's nothing wrong with it at all it was i think the combat was done by platinum wasn't it 
Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 So it's very complicated. Which is why I'm telling you, like, go play Bayonetta and, like, Vanquish if you like Death May Cry, because the, the vibe is the same as yeah. Death May Cry. Like, it's fucking insane. Yeah. Anyway. Small machine carrying a white flag invites to be a 9S to Pascal's village. Um, a giant robot attacks the city. Uh, 9S is quick to point out that Pascal has set them up as he is still very suspicious of machines. Yeah. Uh, they fight the Goliath and defeat it. It causes a massive blast that creates a crater in the middle of the city. Uh, 9S is getting all kinds of weird readings from this crater. So naturally, it's time to investigate, baby. Uh, 2B and 9S find themselves going through a series of underground tunnels that lead them to an abandoned alien ship. Yes. Ooh, baby. But um, to their horror... Or, or sure, depending uh, on how you I look guess, at it. Yeah, depending on how you look at it. All the aliens in there are dead. Corpses. Corpses. Yeah. Long dead. Yes. Uh, so then Adam and Eve appear shortly thereafter yes. to enlighten them that, yes, the aliens have been dead for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. Um, the robots they built, which are the machines you've been killing, yeah. have evolved past the stage of needing them thus they turned on the creators essentially yeah. and here we are so adam and eve are set they want to destroy all the androids and furthermore they want to destroy any remnants of the humans yes uh and they ask to be a 9s to uh please uh let us do research on you so we can figure shit out 9s and 2b not down for that and they fight yeah um anyways they return to command after this fight blah blah, blah. uh adam and eve make it make it away uh, they are ordered by their command to get more details from Pascal and to not mention, of course, that the aliens are dead. It'd be really hard to uh, keep a bunch of s- soldiers fighting if they knew the enemy has been dead for hundreds of years. Um, it's, well, the enemy still exists, but this is... In the form of the machines. Yes. Yes. Um, um, so, yeah. they, are, they, are, uh, they go back to Pascal, who says, hey, there are other uh, civilizations of... Uh, there are other machines out there that are disconnected from the network, kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. And I know of one, and it's the Forest Kingdom. Uh, so you're sent there. There are machines. Uh, oh, lovely theme, by the way. I uh, fucking yeah. love yes. the Forest Kingdom theme. Uh, so you find what is basically an abandoned... It's it's all city. It's all like remnants of mankind. But here's this something is more of a forest yeah. area. Uh, yes, with giant cement columns and stuff like that. What appears to be a castle. You storm it, essentially. Uh, fighting your way. Uh, these machines are trying their best to stop you from finding the king. Yeah, and you can tell yeah. these are the same machines as before because there seems to be a hierarchy. You yes, know, there's and they are extremely hostile. Yeah. Unlike the machines you encounter at the amusement park or the desert, these machines don't want you there. Yes, um, but in a protective way. They're not. Yeah. They're not. They're ho- defending themselves. Yeah, they're yeah. not hostile in uh, in a sense that they're aggressive. Yeah. And it's fun to kill machines, so I guess let's just do a bunch of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when you finally find the Forest King, you, in fact, find a tiny, tiny machine baby yeah. in a cradle. Uh, and before 2B and 9S can approach this baby and figure out what the fuck is going on, another android shows up, identified as A2, and murders the baby. And then... And that's it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so, so it's at this point that... Um, Basically, uh, I think 9S says at this point, like, oh, you're A2. Like, you betrayed us. You, yeah. You're a traitor. And then A2 just You're a deserter says, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. All A2 says is it's command that's lying to you, not yeah. me. And then she just disappears. And she leaves. Yeah. Uh, so you go to command to ask about A2, why she was kicked out of the... Uh, what, what, what happened? Yeah, what uh, happened? And they basically tell you it's classified. Uh, 9S is like, hey, let's, let's ask Pascal what he knows. Pascal yep. doesn't know shit. All he knows is that she's very dangerous and she is on some kind of genocidal killing spree of all machines. Yeah. Uh, so maybe stay out of her way. Uh, command then uh, says you need to go to a flooded city. There's an aircraft that needs resupplying and we need you to bodyguard it. Uh, immediately after this begins, a swarm of machines attack and a giant machine, a quote-unquote android killer, emerges from the ocean uh, that looks like kind of a 
kaiju, like a the Godzilla, I guess. Sure. Uh, this android killer went berserk, apparently, and started murdering everything, so the machines uh, threw it in the ocean. But guess what, baby? It's back. Uh, so you fight this thing. You ultimately kill it. It's a boss fight, obviously. Uh, it causes an EMP blast uh, when you destroy it, meaning the data upload is down and that the androids cannot back themselves up. Uh, to be to be reborn, and it's at this point that Two B and Nine S are separated. Yes, yes. Uh, so Two B scouts uh, looking for the remaining Yorha, uh, who are out in the world to see if she can pinpoint where Nine S has become. Uh, she eventually finds herself in a grayscale city full of android corpses, which is a little upsetting. After following a bunch of tunnels, uh, Adam is there, and he has built this world. Adam, and this is like to paint a picture. This is a very modern looking city. Yes. It's very white. Maybe what the cities looked like before they were destroyed. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, Adam, of course, is researching human humans and humankind. Yes, um, so, since then, I believe yeah. at this point he states that he and uh, Adam, or Eve, sorry, have disconnected from the machine network. Right. To better or, understand... No, he, no, yeah. he has con- disconnected from the machine network, to, but not... To better him. understand the humans, he is disconnected from the network, uh, so he is able to die, so that yeah. he can feel the emotion of battle. Uh, and then 2B's like, I don't want to play these fucking yeah, and, games. And well, then, not only that, yeah. he also starts to dress himself up as human. Yeah. He tries he's got to, eyeglasses on. Yeah, he's trying yeah. to understand humans as opposed to before where he said he just wants to destroy them. No. So he has changed since last time. Right. So that's probably from disconnecting from the and we're And we're jumping over ideas uh, here, like the, the machines themselves at the amusement park. Uh, the machines uh, fornicating in the in the desert scene. Uh, the idea that they were forming some kind of hierarchy around a king that they had to protect. Uh, that these machines are kind of going through the the steps of human uh, evolution, yes. emotional evolution, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so to be not looking forward to uh, playing Adam's game here, but he's got nine S. Uh, so to be is forced to fight him to the death, and she wins. She kills him. Yeah. Uh, Eve goes. Fucking berserk after this. He's, uh, uh, he is still connected to the network, but it doesn't stop him from having emotions in regards to his quote-unquote brother. Thus, he loses his mind. For sure. So, yeah. 9S is sent back uh, to, to base, basically, to, to, be, to be redone. Yeah, because... Uh, he's he, all fucked up. Who knows what Adam did up. to him? Yeah. Uh, it's time to wipe that dude. Uh, so, they... Uh, both figuratively and literally. And literally. Uh, 2B learns from Pascal that there are machines in the abandoned factory from the beginning of the game. What are these machines doing there? 2B's got to investigate. She's on her own. Uh, she finds that the machines in the factory have formed a religious cult... And that are trying to kill themselves. Um, no, you're, that's glossing over. They have yeah. formed a religious cult and they have a figurehead, a priest, if you will, that it's there. It's all the machine's connection to what they think is like a higher power. Yes. Um, the priest, however, decides that to become human, to become as... Cause what they to view, ascend. Yeah. yeah. Because they view, like, they view humans as gods, essentially. Right. Um, as do the androids. As do the androids. They decide the only way they can become closer to humans is also the ability to die. So the priest kills himself, essentially. And since all his followers just witnessed this, they also come to the same conclusion. We must die in order yeah. to if become closer to humans. The machines have reached uh, the, basically the ultimate peak of there's nothing left for us to to learn or take part in. We have sustained ourselves. We can live. We can procreate. Uh, we've tried the hierarchy thing. What's left but religion? Yeah, we, we um, will become as gods as the song. As they chant, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you're working your way through these uh, machines, some of which are just throwing themselves into lava pits. Yeah. Others are throwing themselves at you, uh, and you have to defend yourself. Um, not a fun time. This is kind of like a real upsetting, like they're just yeah, chanting, killing dark. themselves. You're cutting through swaths of them. Uh, once out of the factory... Uh, 
any living machines. So you get a call from like the resistance. Well, camp. Uh, we're skipping what, over. I'm part. not sure exactly what happens here. I'm we're skipping over yeah. a part while you're going through the factory trying to escape. Pascal's helping you too. Yeah. But Nine S hacks in from the bunker to one of the machines to continue helping you get through different doors in various ways. So you're not totally alone. Right. You have 9S as kind of... You also don't know the, the exact status of 9S at this point in the game. All you know you just is, know he's at the bunker. Yeah, and, and he's, he's going to be reprogrammed or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Also, fun little fact here. If you do a little bit of uh, exploring in this factory section and you go up above some platforms, you will find the engine blade from Final Fantasy XV. Hey, there you go. Yeah. And when you equip it, your dash uh, leaves behind a blue like image of you and like an after image just like Final Fantasy XV. Wow. Yeah, wow. I think I got that weapon. I just never used it. Yeah. Uh, right. So, after this uh, this part in the factory, uh, the machines that are outside the factory are going nuts because Eve has... Yeah, because the they're all still connected to the network, which is now more or less being controlled by Eve since he's the yes. head head of this network. And he's real mad. He's real yeah. fucking angry. <laughs> Uh, so these robots are all going so berserk because of this that the yeah. ones that are near the resistance camp, what is the one of the first places we yeah. went to, which were some of the more docile machines in yeah. the game, yeah. um, they have started to eat the androids yeah. that were machines present are there. eating machines. Yes, yeah. um, and so Tubi has to put them down, and right. then when she leaves the resistance camp, that's when she's essentially confronted by Eve. Yes. So this is the end of the game. At this point. Yes. Um, uh, Eve it looks different now. He has red eyes. It's implied that he has some sort of virus or some sort of uh, contamination. Something him. wrong with that guy. Yeah. Uh, 9S returns uh, from the bunker just in time to help 2B fight Eve. However, during the battle, 9S is infected by whatever was affecting Eve. And 2B is forced to kill him. Yes. 9S essentially has to say, like, I can't upload my shit to the bunker. Yeah. It would corrupt everything. You have to kill me. Yeah. So 2B... Both their blindfolds are off at this point. Um, and that's very important because it's it has more meaning down the road, and we'll get into that yeah. later. But at this point in the story... There's, there's more meaning to what happens to 9S before he returns here yes. uh, coming um, up as well. Blindfold means a few things, but at this point in the game, what I like to think it means essentially is this is finally the characters emotionally opening up for the first time. Maybe not so much 9S, but more so 2B. Yeah. Um, and it's shown 2B choking out 9S's body... Um, as she starts to cry and says, it all ends the same. Yep. And this will have much bigger implications in so, later parts. This is route A. There this are, is route A. There this are is five, the, yes, five endings to the game that are considered the canonical endings. But there's three playthroughs, essentially. Yes. Uh, and this so, is the end of the first of the three playthroughs. Right. So we've gone from uh, understanding that humans are on the moon fighting aliens who have machines on the earth. The humans are using analog androids uh, to fight this machine war. We have learned that the humans... Who knows what happened to them? The aliens have been long dead. Some of these machines are trying to live peaceful lives and be on their own. All kinds of weird stuff is afoot. Um, and now here, with Adam and Eve dead, what will come next? 9S, unable to upload his consciousness, will be a fresh baby the next time we see no, him. No, no. Uh, uh, remember he... So, I guess this is kind of a little right. bit of a spoiler, but yeah. um, after this, you... So, I thought this only happened in the second ending, but it does happen in the first yeah, ending. Yeah, so is, after you choke yeah. out... Um, you nine, kill 9S. Yeah. After you kill 9S and choke him... Um, he, uh, he transfers his consciousness to a nearby machine body. Yeah. So it's implied when you get to the second playthrough that he just sent his consciousness from the machine back up to the bunker and uh, is in a new yeah. in a new body. He doesn't lose his memory. It's also worth noting that, of course, uh, it's weird that an android and a machine 
uh, can interface with one another. Yes. There's a very, very big the, reason for yes, that. Yes, you don't yeah. think about it when you first play no. it. You just, yeah. like, whatever. It's the, end of the, it's the end of the first playthrough. But this has far right. more reaching uh, parts later. Unfortunately, we got to call it there for today. Uh, yes. We re- rejoin part three next week. We'll be talking about the uh, B playthrough. Very we play short. as 9S. Yeah, very short. Uh, short. And then, of course, the conclusion in uh, Route, Route C. Route C, one of the best... Uh, best parts of any video game I've probably yeah. ever played. It's uh, so again, fucking if, great. If this has intrigued you, what we've covered is basically one-third of the game. Yes. Uh, there's a lot to come. We'll talk to you again next week for myself, Lee, and for Reed. That's the Public Beta Podcast for the week. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs>